Welcome to Women on the Line, Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Program. Produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Nicole Kirby. A lot of our work at this point is about building empathy, building trust when we live in an environment which is constantly telling us to be defensive and be careful and filling us with warnings. How do we create conversation on building trust? On the program this week, we hear from two very different grassroots projects. Here in Melbourne, I speak with filmmaker Gina Rice, who is making a short documentary that explores lesbian subculture. She's looking for participants, so if you think you might have a few words to say on the topic, keep listening. But first on the program, we cross to India, where I chatted with Jasmine Patia. Jasmine is an artist and campaigner on gender issues. In particular, she's been consistently working on creative approaches to changing the culture of victim blaming. She's been shining a light on the ways in which women often have a fear-based relationship with public spaces and the ways in which men are responsible for changing cultural attitudes in which sexual harassment is part of the everyday. Jasmine's been working on a project, Blank Noise, since 2014 and has innovated public discussions, art projects and online campaigns that confront sexual harassment and sexual violence. Hi, my name is Jasmine Bateja. I'm an artist and I facilitate Blank Noise. Um, Blank Noise is a volunteer or action hero-led collective Um, Action heroes are individuals from across cities, towns and geographies and different countries now who commit to eradicating sexual and gender-based violence. Action heroes step up to victim blame and action heroes commit to saying, I never ask for it. In essence, we also work uh, in building the action hero identity as anyone who believes that he or she has the ability of uh, and power to influence and build a safe space. So uh, we engage with individuals to and mobilize individuals to participate in in the public discourse around addressing and ending uh, sexual and gender-based violence. Can you tell me how and why Blank Noise started, Jasmine? Well, Blank Noise started back in 2003. I was a student uh, at uh, art school at Srishti in Bangalore. And I was preoccupied with questions around uh, participatory art practice and art that could heal and be confrontational and be built by many. And I was also uh, experiencing street harassment ever so often. And not that I was experiencing street harassment every day, but I realized that I was carrying the threat and fear of experiencing street harassment and not really having a community to go to and if I did bring it up with my peers and friends, I realized that it was being dismissed off as just teasing, as just a prank, as just catcalling, and not being given the seriousness that I demanded. So I think both questions around art practice and questions around why aren't people talking about it? Why is there so much silence around it? Both of these put together led to wanting to create a space for a conversation as an artist. And uh, so that that resulted in Blank Noise. It was actually part of my final year project uh, at art school. And, um, and at that time, I just got all the girl students from campus together. We were only 100. And, you know, got them to a room and asked them to make a mind map with the word public space. And in less than three minutes, we had only negative associations with it. And that gave the basis to propose the need for further dialogue. 
So since 2003, we've been, we, I see Blank Noise as a conversation that has been built by many, many individuals who've contributed in varying capacities over the years. And all of Blank Noise is built on the lived experiences of its action heroes. So over the past decade and more, we've built a series of actions and interventions that are designed to uh, tackle the fear-based relationship women have been taught to have with their cities. We've been building testimonies of sexual violence. And while we started in response to street harassment, the large core of our work has been in response to addressing and understanding and dealing with street harassment. I think that given that we work with attitudes, we are at this point sitting with the idea of how do attitudes transfer spaces? How do attitudes permeate spaces? In particular, how does the attitude of victim blame transfer geographies, cultures, identities, spaces, a victim blame carries through in media, in police station, in courtrooms. So so we're looking at how do attitudes permeate spaces and identities and geographies at this point. Do you want to tell me about the campaigns that you've been involved in? And, the, and I know you've really initiated some quite creative actions and campaigns. So I'm really curious to hear about what you've been doing and, and what Blank Noise has been doing. Well, some of the things that we've been doing back from 2006 onwards, we would uh, call for this action on being idle in public spaces where we would invite uh, women and individuals to be action heroes by uh, simply occupying public railings, leaning back and making eye contact. And what does that do? Uh, when you've been taught to just get home fast, to not loiter, to not wander, uh, what what does that do to both your lived body bodily experience and what does that do to the nature of the place? Um, so that that really started, built a conversation on, on the identity of the participants uh, as being action heroes in, in the process. More recently, we've been meeting in public parks. We've been doing this action called Meet to Sleep, where we meet in public parks and we take a nap. And this is, again, something that's unusual in the Indian context to be able to take that nap in a park as a woman. You know, and while I say that, I also throw back uh, or also open a question in terms of maybe in Australia, somebody's taken, if you as a woman, you could have taken a nap in a park at the middle of the day and it's not a it's not taking risk. It doesn't mean taking risk for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but what when does it when does it mean taking risk? Would you take a nap alone from midnight to 3 a.m.? Um, and why can't you why can't you do that? Or why can't we do that? Mm. Um, so a lot of our work is also about making visible all the invisibles that we carry with us. In 2008, we asked women through interviews and on the blogs to uh, send in a list of things they didn't leave home without. And as a response, we got everything from safety pins, pepper spray, not pepper spray, it was an insect spray, a helmet, keys, um, a cutter, a chopsticks, hairpins. And, and that, you know, this kind of list just revealed that, you know, women have a fear-based relationship with their city. So all these items were things that women were taking in the street so that they could defend themselves in public places. Yes. And it's it's just drawing attention to fear. And a lot of our work at Blank Noise is about dealing with fear. So with being idle, when you've been taught to just get home from point A to point B um, and not wander, what does it mean to learn to lean back and relax and learn to relax and learn to unlearn fear? That's part of what we're trying to do. Or with with me to sleep also when a couple of years ago, I tried to take a nap in the park and there were other action heroes around. 
and who were doing their other wish lists for the city. Somebody just wanted to sit under a tree and read a book. Somebody wanted to have a snack. Somebody else wanted, you know, so I, uh, that day I was trying to take a nap. And I realized that as as I almost went into sleep mode, I would wake up and it was just the sound of a leaf that would, you know, it was just the sound of a leaf. Uh, and I would realize that only when I opened my eyes. Or again, when I would go almost into sleep mode, I would wake up and it was just a dog passing by. And it just made me realize that we carry such a high sense of fear and threat within us that we're not even aware of. On Women on the Line, you're listening to Jasmine Pateja talking about an Indian-based group, Blank Noise. More recently, again, we uh, actually a year and a half ago, we built this action called Talk to Me, which was about uh, where we worked with a group of students at Srishti, uh, where I'm currently artist in residence. And the students formed Yalahanka Action Heroes. And Yalahanka is where the institute is located. The Yalahanka Action Heroes did a range of activities from mapping Yalahanka, getting to meet the local police. So having a sense of a rights-based approach, but also a community-building approach was both parts uh, were crucial to the identity of the Yalahanka Action Hero and, and the neighborhood. And so as Yalahanka Action Heroes, one of the things that they kept talking about was this place called the Rapist Lane. So as a, as a class, we went there on a site visit and uh, realized that the entire stretch was dark with street lights, but that didn't work. And uh, it was isolated and it had empty buses parked in front and it was an open urinal on the other side. And not that we heard of any reported rapes, but it had earned that legend. It had earned that name. And so we first pledged to call it the safest lane and not the rapist lane and to work towards shifting our attitude towards it. But then we also designed a series of actions, one of which was Talk to Me, where we set up tables and chairs and at every table was one action hero willing to have a conversation with a complete stranger over a period of one hour over tea and samosas. And you could talk about anything except sexual violence. And any passerby was welcomed and invited to, through a letter of invitation, was invited to come and be the new potential action hero across the table. And and so in, in that, we believe that a conversation could create connection and connection could create empathy. And a lot of our work at this point is about building empathy, building trust when we live in an environment which is constantly telling us to be defensive and be careful and filling us with warnings. How do we create conversation on building trust? Mm. And so who were you having conversations with um, at that time and what were those conversations like? How effective was that campaign? Well, uh, the conversations were with anyone passing by, any passerby was stopped, invited, welcomed and sat before. So it it could be somebody who was a driver of one of the empty buses parked there. It could be uh, somebody who was running a restaurant somewhere closer by. It could be somebody going home from college that day. It could be a motorist uh, passing by. So it, it was a range of was a range of people. We've done this action two times again in Calcutta and Delhi. And the kinds of conversations, there was one who spoke, uh, action hero Arushi spoke with the new action hero who was the bus driver and they spoke about religion, they spoke about family. Towards the end of the conversation, he offered to take this entire gang of Yalahanka action heroes on a bus tour of the city, uh, on a city tour on his bus. 
Um, there was another action hero, um, action hero Anamika, who sat before this man who who confessed to wanting a girlfriend and but he just got it wrong each time he she spoke about he spoke to her about how he you know would wait outside colleges for the girl he was attracted to and so for one person it is street harassment and for the other it could be wooing and flirting uh, and not doing it right and not getting it right so um mm. so yes yeah, so anamika action hero anamika had a conversation with this new action hero but yes, I guess it also threw open questions around differences. What are the differences of, uh, and how are we misinformed by our differences and biases of class, of caste, uh, which is informing, uh, often informing uh, socioeconomic groups and differences there of language, of gender. So these were some of the questions that were thrown open. And, and, uh, and of course, there was discomfort. And of course, there was anxiety for every participating action hero, because it was a completely unscripted space. But overcoming uh, and going through discomfort, addressing fear, becoming aware of who do you fear? Why do you fear? Actually, who do you fear and are you taught to fear? Are you stereotyping? Are you being stereotyped? Yeah, that's what Talk To Me did. It opened up these questions and it and it enabled conversations. So in terms of impact, I guess the impact lies in the experience that each action hero had across the table. And yes, in terms of the story being shared or the event being shared, and we, we did receive a lot of response from, from individuals and groups in different places and different countries is that we realize that this is an action that could be built anywhere else as well. Mm. And it is quite incredible that you've been engaging not only women in your actions, but men as well. And you've been engaging with perpetrators as well as victims and passers-by and people standing in the street. You've really tried to broaden the, the spectrum of who you engage with in your actions. So yeah, I was going to ask you about the importance of engaging with men and the challenges around engaging with both uh, survivors of sexual violence and sexual harassment as well as perpetrators. Yeah, Um, I think the challenge for, you know, the challenge so far in engaging uh, men has been, I mean, we didn't ever call it as engaging men because it was always a given that this is an open space, come build it. But we did go through a process where initially a lot of men would come to Blank Noise and say, I'm here because I want to support a woman's issue. Um, And that's something that we also needed to shift, that this is not a woman's issue. You're part of the issue. And yes, women experience sexual violence, but that doesn't make it a woman's issue alone. Uh, You know, how how is this a societal issue? What kinds of behaviors is enabling uh, sexual violence and justifying sexual violence? And therefore, we need to see it in a holistic way that who's vulnerable is this a whose bodies are vulnerable and why are these bodies vulnerable but you have to identify how as a male you've been allowed and you've been uh, certain values have been ingrained in you as as through patriarchal ideologies that and how how do we see this as an issue that of patriarchy and, and as a societal issue in a holistic way to and and then engage with this rather than coming in as a supporter alone. I mean, support is good, of course, but how do you invest more and where do you locate yourself? So that's been part of what we're doing at, at Blank Noise. 
Women on the line. But at this moment, I'm eating, breathing, sleeping. Yeah, I never asked for it campaign. And uh, so at this point, it's it's really about seeing how does blame, um, how does blame, how do we tackle victim blame from which across communities and how does the campaign get co-created and uh, how do different communities say I never ask for it. So this is when it's, it's a, uh, I guess this is when I can see collaborations with a diverse set of communities happening with this attention to tackle and end victim blame. And you are interested in opening up that campaign to a global discussion. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. We've got this document called Reporting to Remember, which is an archive of incidents of sexual violence that have been justified and by people in power and that lives in public memory. Um, so for that, we're looking at collaborators uh, from different parts of the world uh, who could co-own that archive and, and co-build that archive. Um, and and uh, so that's what we're doing, and that's living in public memory. The other is what's living in our personal memories in terms of whenever we've done a workshop, we've asked, or whenever we've given a talk, we've asked, or even right now I'd ask, uh, what were you wearing when you experienced sexual violence? And most I'm sure most of us can remember. And why is that? So drawing attention to the fact that we live in an environment of warnings that tell us if you experience sexual violence, it was your fault. And so with that, we're building testimonies through garments, that the garment that you wore when you experienced any form of sexual violence. Mm. Um, and that goes to the, the hashtag of the campaign, which is I never ask for it, isn't it? So absolutely. no matter what yeah. you're wearing, you never ask for it. Mm-hmm. We want to gather these garments and install them in sites of public significance three years from now. And uh, so that's that's what we're working on. And as we're collecting garments in India, it would be wonderful to hear from individuals, collectives, organizations and activists in Australia uh, towards um, making it locally relevant there. Yeah. So if people in Australia are interested in engaging with what the work that you're doing, how would they be best to do that? Well, our uh, email ID is blurt, B-L-U-R-T, blurt, blanknoise at gmail.com. We are also uh, on, on Facebook and on Twitter with at the rate blank underscore noise. And uh, we, could, we could connect right there. We also have a Facebook group called I Never Ask, a Facebook page called I Never Ask for It. And every Friday we've started releasing one testimony. Uh, of, of which includes the garment and what happened and what the person wants to say with it. It's been really great talking to you and hearing about everything you're doing. So thanks very much for joining me. And I also wanted to mention and congratulate you that you recently won a public art prize for the Talk To Me campaign as well, didn't you? So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thanks very much, Nicole. It's been lovely talking to you. On community radio around Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. I'm Nicole Kirby, and you've been listening to Jasmine Patija. She's from Blank Noise in India. You can check out their website at blog.blanknoise.org, and you can email them at blurtblanknoise at gmail.com or go to their page ineveraskforit.org. Next up, we speak with Melbourne-based filmmaker Gina Rice, who tells us about a short documentary she's got in the works called The Lesbian Rules. 
Thanks for joining some women on the line this week, Gina. You're welcome. So you're a student at VCA (laughs) and you're about to produce a film. Can you tell me what it's about? Very simply, it's about lesbian subculture in Melbourne, but it's kind of got more layers than that. It's kind of an attempt to explore... I don't want to use the wrong word, but rules within the lesbian um, subculture. It's based on my experience in my kind of process of my sexuality and kind of figuring that out and stuff that was told to me when I was kind of unsure about everything and people kind of said some some ridiculous stuff, like comments about the lesbian community and some coming from lesbians themselves and some coming from people that aren't within um, the lesbian subculture. And it's kind of an attempt to myth bust some of those ideas, also just in order to explore different takes on what people think. I mean, some people think that there it is a real world, like the lesbian world, and it kind of you can identify, you know, certain traits and guidelines within it, um, which like might sound ridiculous to some people. Trying to explore labels, terminology what's right and wrong, like is it wrong to call someone butch? Some people may think that's, you know, detrimental. Some people might think that's, you know, empowering. Um, So that kind of thing, Mm. trying to get a large scope. So you said that you were inspired by your own experiences to start making the film and that people had told you ridiculous things. What kind of ridiculous things had they told you? (laughs) What kind of myths are you aiming to bust in the film? Okay, well, one that I particularly remember um, was that uh, someone told me, a lesbian actually, told me that you would always find a butch lesbian and a fem- lesbian in a couple and you would never find two butch women together or two femi- feminine, like feminine, uh, women together. And so that really freaked me out initially because I kind of didn't realise that there was kind of uh, heterosexual kind of rules <laughs> within the lesbian community. Um, and I was like, where do I fit in that? Like, what am I you know, into and will I fit in into these kind of rules. As I've gotten older, I've definitely realised that that is, in my opinion, not true. How mind-boggling <laughs> to be a young woman just coming out and entering into a world where there's all these rules that you have to abide by. I know. You have to learn first and then abide by. <laughs> Very scary. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> <laughs> talking about labels, different Mm. terms that are used. So some people identify as queer Mm. more than lesbian. Um, Mm. Some people are really, I think, quite strong in that they want to be called a lesbian. Other, you know, other people are bisexual and then they can often be excluded from some of those other labels as well. So it is, it is quite a messy thing when you start to unpack it all. (laughs) Totally, totally. Well, yeah, that's um, something that I've been thinking a lot about. I mean, there was, I met up with someone the other day and they were talking about, you know, some people, there is a distinction between calling yourself gay and lesbian and some women may not like to be called gay because they feel as though it's a, like a male term and some people don't like to be called lesbian. And um, I, so as an example of a woman who would rather be called a dyke because it, they feel as though that describes them more as that, you know, instead of being called a lesbian, they don't feel like that they fit into that category. So it definitely is complex and completely subjective, I think. So I, yeah, wanted to focus it on that one point by just getting lots of different people to come in um, to the studio, state how they identify themselves, 
so that in the film I just get a variation of different labels of how you want to yeah, identify yourself, yeah. So you are looking for participants yes. to be involved in the film. <laughs> Good segue, yeah. Um, tell me who you're looking for and what they would be doing if they're involved in the film. In the film, I'm mainly going to follow three different people and kind of ask them more intricate questions about their views on um, the lesbian subculture. Um, however, I also want to get a lot of people, like 20 people I'm looking for, to kind of come in and state, yeah, like I said before, I'm gay, I'm a lesbian, I'm a dyke, I'm queer. I mean, obviously they don't fall, like, you know, there there can be different terminologies and that kind of thing, but I want to just show that there is a large scope. And then also I wanted to look at labelling yourself as what kind of lesbian you are. And I don't know, I mean, on it, this is all me exploring, so I... I'm really interested in whether people think it's detrimental to call yourself butch or whether, yeah, like I said before, is it empowering? Um, so I want to get people to come in and come in and say, I don't like to label myself or I'm a dyke or, I sorry, I'm butch or I'm femme, that kind of thing. Anyone that can come down and be a part of it um, and say their piece, you know. So you're looking for people who are... Lesbians, gay, bisexual, dykes, queer, women of all those yeah. persuasions yeah. Um, who identify with any of those labels or more yes. to come and be involved. Um, you're making the film at VCA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how can they get in co- contact with you if people would like to participate or if they'd like more information? So I think the best way probably would be to email me um, and I could send them the um, details directly. So my email address is Gina. How do you spell that? That's G-E-N-A, same word, Lida, L-I-D-A, dot R-I-E-S-S at gmail.com. And if you could just put the subject heading... Um, the lesbian rules, so I know exactly um, what you're contacting me for. It's going to be fun, going to get people down, have food there and just kind of sit in the studio and do a very quick vox pop, just like, you know, one sentence and to kind of get a little glimpse into what people think. And I think, yeah, I think it's important. (laughs) Yeah. Great. It's wonderful hearing about the film and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. So we might touch base again with you later when the film is produced. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, Gina. Thank you for having me. And that's all for Women on the Line today. You've just heard from Gina Rice speaking about her short documentary, The Lesbian Rules. Earlier on the show, you heard from Jasmine Patija, who told us about the Indian project Blank Noise, which confronts gender-based violence. To find out more, go to blog.blanknoise.org or ineveraskforit.org. Women on the Line is Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Program. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenonthelineline at hotmail.com or phone 3CR on 03 9419 Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au slash womenontheline. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigra. I'm Nicole Kirby. I hope you can tune in again next time.